From Vistio, this is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CXQA Live. We've been having some really fun technical issues today. Our wonderful guest has had some problems getting her video working. Discuss that here in just a minute. But just by way of reminder, and we are thankful for you guys being patient with us. We talk about agents every week. We talk about how agents that are connected to your business and are properly equipped, they're going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected, and they're going to produce more and better work and want to stay around and contribute to the long-term success of your business. Now, Back on the show, we have today our resident CX training expert, and she is the newly minted learning and development manager at 24-Hour Fitness. Welcome, Sherry Kendall. We're really glad you're with us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited about my new role. I begin in 13 days, not that I'm counting. (laughs) I can't wait. And thank you for having me back to discuss AI and, and the impact on our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So we think because Sherry is surrounded by some of these West Coast forest fires that that might be impacting her bandwidth connection and that's why we can't get her video going we actually plan to talk about the fires a little bit and how that can impact cx organizations and how really it's impacting the lives of several lots of employees and kind of make some dot connections happen there so we're going to kind of tackle that towards the end in the meantime we're just missing out on seeing your face sherry and and having the normal connection that we like to try to have but we're really what we're going to try to do today to start off is pick up on the conversation that we were having about a month ago, the last time you were on with us. And specifically what we were discussing that day is the direction that CX organizations need to take with training due to the impacts and future changes to the contact center that AI is bringing with automation and the shifts in labor and so forth. Maybe you can just kind of set the table for us again and pick up where we left off because I know you've been doing a lot of thinking and researching about it since that time a month ago. Yes, actually, I have. And thank you for this opportunity. So there's so much to talk about. So first thing I did was start looking at all of the different AI tools that are available. And I have discovered a list of 100 AI tools that can assist with efficiency. And in that list, I have not had the opportunity to make my way through the entire list yet. But there are a couple of different things in there. The one that I found really interesting is an AI tool that integrates with Slack and the AI tool will create a summary of conversations you've had with your agent to assist you with one-on-ones. And so one of the things we know about training is it's really learning and development and coaching is where it happens, right? Coaching is where the rubber meets the road. And especially when you have folks that have left new hire and are in our contact centers now providing great customer service experiences, coaching is where the learning, one of the key places learning happens. And so I thought that was an interesting way in which to use AI to create an efficiency for us to remember what we've talked about, to look for those trends and those questions to provide exceptional coaching experiences. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I think we all have conversations we wish we could remember better, right? (laughs) 
and, and when you have a ton of conversations with a ton of people and then you're, you really need to make sure that you're moving people forward. It's, I can imagine that it's really helpful to have that kind of indexed for you by person. Yeah, and it's really important. One of the things, one of my leadership principles is human beings first, human doing second. And that requires that I know my folks really well. And I'm a human being right, <laughs> with a limited memory capacity. And so I do everything I can to remember all of the important things about the folks on my team. And then a crisis comes in or I'm working on a huge project and things slip. So if I have an AI assistant in there reading through those summaries and reminding me, oh, that's right. Don't forget that this individual is actually moving down project management pathway now. Make sure that you're going to discuss a project management and how the opportunities you've been able to provide. So it absolutely allows you to remember those things that you may have forgotten and to provide that exceptional coaching experience, which then turns into an exceptional learning experience. Well, because you're, you're helping the two humans to be more connected to each other, right? Yes. And, well and ultimately, you're not replacing a human with that process. You're enhancing the human relationship that drives the better outcomes. And then the other things that I was looking at. So I encourage everyone to start looking at what tools are available and just start playing around with them. I will caution if you're a little bit of a nerd like myself. I had an entire afternoon sucked up by, by this. I was like, oh my gosh, look at that thing and this thing. And oh, that's shiny. So if you have an afternoon, I encourage you just to explore. That is another way in which we learn effectively. However, if your time is short, create an objective before you get lost in those lists. But also thinking about the agent in those careers that might, those new careers that might be available. And again, just reminding leaders, it's up to us to really walk agents through that fear. So we hear a lot of fear, still hear it three or four times a day if you're listening to any of those news, any of the news channels, AI's coming for your jobs, AI's coming for your jobs, reminding people that it's AI isn't coming for your job. However, if you don't understand AI and you're not using it effectively and, uh, and efficiently, you may be without a job because you are not creating, a, you are not keeping up with the current technology. And we know we have to do that, right? So AI isn't coming for your jobs, but it's up to you to make sure that you understand how to use AI and what that's going to look like in our contact centers and our customer service. So a couple of things that I found that are really important is knowledge base. Our chatbots are only as smart as we make them. And so ensuring that you have folks that are well-versed in how to create a knowledge base, how to write those articles. Also making, so right there, we have somebody, a technical writing, right? Here's a new skill. Here's a new career path. Also thinking through quality assurance. So who is providing quality going back and reviewing those interactions. Is our knowledge base article up to date? Is it relevant? Making sure that those folks have the ability to edit those knowledge base articles. And also to make sure the chatbot isn't putting us in that spiral. I was in one the other day. I, it took six times asking for a live agent before I could get an agent to solve my problem that the chatbot wasn't able to solve. So making sure that you are finding those agents in your organization that have those technical skills to go back and review those interactions and provide that feedback to leadership. Well, can I ask you a follow-up on that? Please. Because I think this is one of the things that we touched on last time that I think 
is kind of a differentiator of the future. And that is if organizations are not thinking about what human resources need to be in place to manage the bots, Mm -hmm. to manage the AI, to manage the new tools, then they're going to kind of go wherever they go and provide whatever they provide. Right. So, you know, we really need to be training people for those roles very intentionally, even before we go and implement the tool, because part of the core ways that you implement a tool well is knowing what you want it to do and knowing how you're going to guide it and use it. Right. And so it's having the people in place that are upskilled, if you will, they're, they're not just thinking about, for example, how a particular set of calls is supposed to go or interactions is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. They're learning the principles behind the design of those customer experiences. And they need that in order to help govern and correct and provide quality assurance of the AI tools that are going to be put in place in the future. So what I hear you saying and what I agree with is we need to identify those roles. That's the Mm -hmm. first step and making sure that identify the roles, create those roles, and then provide that specific training and put people in those roles. So it doesn't, if you have an organization, right, I, I've spoken with a number of directors that are trying to figure that out on the fly right now. Like they're, they have taken on that work or have found somebody in the organization to take on that work and they're figuring it out. A proactive approach is to really identify those roles. What is that role? Give it a title. What skills do they need? And let's bring them on in those roles. Um, and the big one of the biggest skill sets I'm seeing is technical writing. So the ability to write and to edit and to provide that feedback in a very succinct fashion to leadership. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and another add on here, I think, and this links with something that Dave said in the chat is AI doesn't, well, I'll say it differently. The AI tools need the training that we put into it and the information that we put into it. And so we need to be very strategic and careful about what information we put into it, because for one thing, it can cause privacy or security concerns. And that Mm -hmm. was Dave's point in the chat, but also anything that we put into it, it is learning from. And so, uh, you know, part of managing an AI tool is being very cognizant of what you are training it on and what it is learning from you. And that is a really critical component that I think a lot of CX organizations are just, they're, they're jumping the gun in some ways, implementing things and putting things in place that interact with their customers and that interact with their business, but they haven't thought about the, the nature of the inputs of what, what teaches the AI how to operate. Oh, that's a great point. You're absolutely correct. Um, I've seen it both ways where they're giving too much information or where they're so nervous. And that's what happened when I got in that spiral. They weren't willing to give anything. <laughs> so they weren't, the bot wasn't able to solve my problem yet. It didn't have an out. It wasn't letting me out. It shouldn't take a customer six times to ask for a live agent to leave that spiral. Um, yeah. And it was asking me the same question over and over and over. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way that in the long run, those kinds of issues where at this point, a lot of people would say they don't have good experiences with chatbots on websites, for example, that are AI powered because they do get, you know, stuck or they don't realize they can't provide the service that is needed. And so they just kind of go on this repeat dead end kind of a response and so it takes human interaction with those that are using it to understand how it's working and to make sure that it, it, issues with it get resolved and that it continues to train and evolve 
as it needs to to move forward. And that's going to take humans who understand the big picture of what we need the AI to accomplish. Exactly. And just as a interjection there, it's also going to be important to make sure, as we said when we were meeting last time, that soft skills, right? We have got to strengthen our soft skills and our de-escalation techniques with the agents that, we ha- that we're going to keep on the phone or in chat. Because as we're learning AI and figuring out how to make that work for us, we're upsetting customers. I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to take a breath. (laughs) I am upset after six times, but I'm going to take a breath and I'm not going to take that out on the agent because of my background. Not everybody has that level of emotional intelligence or they've got other things going on or who knows what they're bringing with them to that interaction. And if Mm -hmm. they can't get out of that spiral, then what they're bringing to that agent is they're going to be upset. For sure. Well, and that taps into one of the things that we've been dialoguing about with regard to implementation of AI tools in the contact center for several months now. And that is, will there be a reduction in overall customer satisfaction with the service organization? Mm -hmm. And what level of shift is going to be acceptable to your customer? And I think the big variable there is how in tune are you with your customer as you're getting feedback and how engaged are you with tailoring the tool and adapting the tool to the information that you receive. And then there's that whole escalation piece that you mentioned, Sherry, where you're going to get an increase in escalations that are not like the typical escalations we face now. They're going to be escalations that are really built around the tool is broken and now I'm frustrated, right? And so that's just a, a simple fact. And I think Dave again makes a good point that some AI vendors that are, you know, in the marketplace now are giving companies a private sandbox a place to test, a place to iterate the use of the tool for your business case. And I think, you know, really taking the time to do that well and learn how it operates and then figure out how to teach it to operate in the right way is really, really critical. And I would argue that if we were building a framework and maybe Dave, maybe this is our next episode together, my friend, a framework for how to buy AI for the contact center. Mm -hmm. I think making sure that you're given those kinds of things like a sandbox or ways to, engage the tool to be iterated on and tweaked and adjusted as you learn how it operates and how it interacts with your customers seems to me would be a pretty critical component of potential buying an AI tool. And it's also another place to utilize those agents. Those agents should be involved in that sandbox testing because there isn't anyone in your staff that knows your customers like your agents. So they should be involved in that. That should not be a group of engineers with closed doors, <laughs> behind closed doors, creating those experiences. Absolutely. So Lisa asked a great question. Lisa, I'm just going to read your question. She says, do you think companies need to think about increasing their QA teams to specifically monitor the AI responses and the subsequent customer feedback? you have any thoughts on that, Sherry? I would agree. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's and it's going to be a different type of QA. So there we now I think you said Lisa asked that question. Thank you, Lisa. Now we have another career path, right? For agents. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And and I think the component that I guess here I am at the agent value crossroads again. You know, we say the same things at the beginning every week when we get together. And we've been saying it for a year now, by the way. We we crossed the year mark a couple of weeks ago. Oh, uh, of doing the show. Congratulations. Uh, and you and you are once again, by the way, Sherry, the highest number of special guest appearances. So we're obviously just grateful to have you a part of 
what we're doing here together every week. But specifically thinking about organizations that currently don't value their agents correctly. And, you know, the, the reality is that if you don't have your agents thinking about their work with you as, as part of their career, they are going to have a lot of fear about just being replaced. And they're not going to be thinking about, you know, where we go together. They're going to be thinking about where am I going to go when they replace me? And so you're going to lose that expertise that really should be harnessed to help guide and train and QA the AI. Now, Dave has asked another, as he calls it, provocative question. I feel like there's an episode shaping up with Dave and I in the chat as we go through this. He says, why not train the AI to QA itself? Interesting. Any thoughts on that one, Sherry? Uh, yes. I would need a little more time <laughs> to think through that. I, I, my knee-jerk reaction is it sounds a bit dangerous, but that's just a knee-jerk reaction. So, Dave, you've given me something to think about, and I appreciate that as always. But if I may go back to something you just said, Rob, where yeah. our agents are worrying, you know, if they're worried about AI coming for their jobs, I would encourage leaders to, and, and organizations to really consider that because if you're not discussing how AI is going to enhance their jobs and here are some ways in which you may be interested in these new career paths and I'm over here worried about how do I pay my rent and feed my kids, I'm telling you that your customer service is lacking. It's going to disintegrate because it is not possible for me to think creatively and innovate on processes and think about how to solve a customer's issue. If I'm in fight, flight, or freeze, which is where I'm at, if I am worried about paying bills. So if you want an exceptional customer service experience, you have to address these issues and have these conversations with your agents. And not just conversations. It's it's an organization's responsibility also to provide education. So showing them and working with them and coaching and providing opportunities for them to develop those skills to go with your organization as you move into that new AI experience. So I, I want to kind of tie some things together real quick and then make a quick pivot before we finish our time because we are, even though we started late, we're going to honor our time and yes. we can spill over into the discussion table like we typically do after the main session. But what you just described is a framework for how to not only get the most value out of your agents, but have a scenario where your uh, attrition is not out of control, right? Where people want to stay and they want to invest their work hours towards a career trajectory and they care about the business actually being successful. And they're not going to do that if they're in survival mode. No. Right? And Absolutely. There are a lot of things that can cause an employee to operate in survival mode and certainly fearing for your job and not having a clear sense of whether you're going to have one is one example. Another thing, and this is where uh, I want to pivot us a little bit. We mentioned the fires that are surrounding you right now. We suspect that might be why we're not able to interact with you live on video. But I mean, really, if you think about it, CX organizations that have employees that are impacted by something like wildfires need to have resources and a culture in place that make that something that the agents as employees can navigate because they're not just employees, they're humans. So Correct. maybe you can kind of flesh that out for me. I know we've done psychological safety here on the show together, Sherry, but I mean, just kind of flesh this out. How, as you are surrounded currently by wildfires, can a CX organization help its agents and other employees to navigate that in a way that really shows and improves the, the agent value to the company? Uh, well, 
so three or four years ago, this was an anomaly, right? So in the Northwest, we had the first heat dome ever. We were at 110 degrees for the first, like maybe the only third time on record. And we had agents at home. And in Oregon, AC is not something we have. So I had agents and trainers that were trying to get through the day without AC in 110 degree weather. And the response by leadership, there wasn't one. And I don't, it's not, be, I'm not here to say it's because they didn't care. I don't believe that at all. It's because this was so new. Three or four years later, we don't have an excuse, right? So we now know we're living in a new world where Texas freezes and Oregon is on fire, <laughs> which is not something that happened. So being proactive and putting a plan in place. That could mean so many things, right? I would encourage you to begin with your local state emergency management organization. I just happened to meet with one a few weeks ago and was able to really find out what a plethora of services they offer. So figuring out what an emergency program might look like, can you put in place a fund? Perhaps there's a fund you can offer folks immediate access to a one night in a hotel while they're finding disaster relief. But if they're at home, like I am right now, I'm not in an evacuation this year at this time. Thank goodness for the first time in three years. Hmm. But I'm surrounded by fire and I can't go outside of my home. So right now the AQI is 233 and average is 20 to 40 to give you an idea. I literally can't go outside and not get sick. My internet is slow. So what would that mean if I was answering your phone calls or right. I needed to train a class for you? Right. Again, proactivity. So thinking through in an emergency situation with a natural disaster, what contingency plans can we put in place and how can we make sure that we're supporting our agents, our folks through these situations and making sure that that information is part of your onboarding experience? Because if Again, if, if I was working for an organization right now, I have this low bandwidth, I can't do what I need to do. And now I have to worry about explaining this to my leadership. Yeah. That's a whole added level of stress that our folks just shouldn't have to bear. Well, and I think, you know, specific regional issues that recur become something that you become aware of. But in general, organizations need to have the ability for their employees to be able to talk about what's really going on that yes. impact work. Right. That's that's just exactly. a principle of a healthy work culture. Psychological and, safety. Yep. Psychological safety. And at the end of the day, a lot of employers really don't have that as part of their culture. It's grown. It's improving. It's a good thing that it is. But scenarios like the kind of thing you're facing today, where you can't go outside your house, uh, kind of help bring it home, as well as this scenario where there's this widespread fear that AI is going to take so many jobs and it is going to make some jobs uh, really not necessary in the contact center. So how are we going to navigate that in a way that is psychologically safe for those that are going to be a part of the company moving forward? These are all great questions. It's a brave new world. So Sherry, I'm going to push the big red button here in a couple seconds, but thanks so much for joining us. You know, obviously we missed being able to see you, but we appreciate your expertise and your investment with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rob. All right, everybody have a great Tuesday.
To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.